Anshuman, welcome to the Commerce Talks podcast here in Riyadh, Seamless Conference. Uh, and we have saved it for the best podcast, uh, I was told by Lina, before, record, before recording it. You're CEO of R&B. And before I tell anything wrong, please introduce R&B and yourself for a bit. So um, I'm a retailer for two decades. Uh, like I uh, want to say always, I'm uh, an engineer by education and a retailer by profession. I love being a retailer. I have um, uh, done retailing mainly of sports uh, sports goods. And now this is my first foray into, into value fashion. Uh, R&B is a value fashion concept that uh, that uh, we apparel group has developed internally over last 10 years uh, but right now we are in the middle of a massive expansion spree across GCC and India and I look after the Saudi business for and for the more like European uh, uh, listeners is there something you can compare it as a business concept in Europe uh, Primark would be the uh, nearest uh, competition I think uh, they inspire us the most Yeah, and is it also like uh, like a Primark vertically integrated? Yes, it is uh, completely vertically integrated. Yes. Oh, okay. And um, when uh, when I was like entering uh, the country first time last uh, last year, and it was a lot of like opinions about the country, like the rich Saudis and everyone is spending uh, like hell. So um, having obviously a, a concept focusing more on the values uh, value side is something new to me. So c can you give us a bit more overview of the structure of the market and how is adapted? So uh, Saudi is a is is as you know the largest market by population, um, and it is it is the youngest market in the world uh, in terms of the percentage of population um, uh, below 30 years uh, is the highest in the world. Uh, even compared to uh, some Asian countries or uh, even Southeast Asia countries. Even even compared to some of the Asian countries, the country that comes probably comes closest to uh, a large population country that comes closest to such a large uh, young population would be India. Uh, but then uh, the uh, the uh, uh, per capita income um, of uh, average Saudi is far higher than any other country with similar comparable young population that makes Saudi a very unique and a very very attractive market for everyone um, and uh, to be in. That's news to me. I didn't know that that is that is so young. It's because the families are so so big here. Families are uh, uh, families are so big here. Um, uh, so. In that context, the number um, the number of people um, number of kids born in Saudi is is six thousand every week. Um, uh, babies born in Saudi every uh, every year is six thousand per week, which is which is very high for uh, for uh, for a population um, of this size. How big is the average family here in uh, Saudi? Uh, How many kids? Well, I I cannot uh, speak on 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 any authentic data that I've seen, but from from my readings and understanding, it's I think uh, I think four and a half kids per family. I was just about to say the same. Yeah. That's one of. And then um, for these families that are focusing on the on the value um, uh, fashion side, how how do you reach them? Or what what was there before you started your brand, which is uh, uh, which is obviously uh, already scaled to 60 stores, yes. if I'm correctly. So what was there? typical destination before you started your offering so uh, saudi uh, uh, among the entire gcc um, uh, countries is is one that had highest uh, street shopping uh, because if you if i take you uh, five six years back um, uh, malls uh, were not accessible very easily for uh, single men 
because a lot on high traffic days and on weekends, a lot of malls tended to be family only malls. So, so there were like somebody like controlling the access to a mall and saying you're yes. alone here and yes. you're not allowed yes. even so there would be like a spending goal yeah, alone. yeah. But a single male wouldn't be allowed in the mall and that made for a very vibrant uh, high street uh, 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 shopping culture despite the uh, despite uh, the weather not supporting it as much high street was very very strong uh, unorganized retail in 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 value segment was very is is still very very large and that and that's where most people were going um, uh, to uh, shop before we came in and as you're like targeting then uh, the young population young family which in the last years obviously grew um, uh, a high percentage in uh, mobile devices yes that's, that's their first access so yes what, what is in your online versus offline um, view and it's a rather new business uh, so uh, offline versus online for the best in the industry uh, in Saudi is about um, offline online is about uh, 15% which is also uh, very similar to what we do but we would ideally like to do much more um, we are focusing more on offline and uh, and seamless integration of uh, click and collect and 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 buy online, return in stores, um, etc. So that's that's where we want to go uh, finally. And when I was comparing this to um, to the value retailers in in Europe, and we are discussing like online strategies for retailers in Europe um, a lot, then usually their feedback is no, Alex, we don't want to do online with this price points we have uh, incorporating logistics costs, handling costs, uh, picking costs, return rights. That that's definitely a business we cannot earn any money. So how do you see this? Listen, we are like I said, we are a young market, young brand. So we have to have a young thought. Uh, I think. I think yes, cost is a factor. It it be it becomes quite uh, expensive to do um, uh, provide a complete service uh, offline uh, online model. But then uh, then that's something that customer almost expects. It is hygiene, uh, not uh, an extra service. We don't look at it like that. Would you try to bring customers from your online offering into um, a click and collect mode saying, okay, you have uh, now selected this 10 items yes. um, and then uh, we can uh, ship them to you for like um, $10 yeah. uh, or you can pick them up for free in a store? Is it some? We are shipping for free. And okay. uh, and uh, if someone wants to pick up in the store, uh, we would ideally want to go there. But um, but like uh, Lena knows, we are in process of shifting um, our uh, service providers. And and as and when we are able to build that, we will definitely uh, go to click, click and connect. And do you have a minimum order value then? Right now, nothing. So I could buy a pair of socks for and two dollars, and yeah. it would ship for free. Yes. Um, can you give us some insight then in the logistic infrastructure here in Saudi? Is it like as developed as in as in Europe? Is it easy accessible? Are there a lot of like parcel uh, companies helping you with that? Yes, I mean logistics uh, infrastructure has really developed after after the co after COVID, and um, and we are uh, in middle of uh, that getting better. I don't think it is still as efficient as we would want it to be. Um, also, because uh, a lot for a lot of uh, logistics uh, service providers in this region, they're not used to multi-city business. Ah. Um, because most of the large uh, uh, retail com uh, retail environments are city states, so so th setting that up, I think I think everyone's getting better, 
but uh, it's not as efficient as we would want it to be. So in your online shop, I have to select maybe then the city where uh, where I live right. in order to get an appropriate yes. appropriate offer yes. because you maybe cannot serve me yes. like in Mecca or, or wherever. Yes. Ah, okay. Interesting. So maybe just to add a bit about the business model, right? As you said, you it's a young brand, you're starting and you're looking to scale. Tell us more about like how many SKUs we're looking and uh, what sort of um, like categories you're serving, like, you, you know, customers are learning about your brand. Is it, I don't know, dresses, male, kids, you know, how do they discover your brand? So, um, so we are more women's and kids focused. Uh, which is a departure from the brand's core in, in, in other Gulf countries where we are more men's focused. Men's does UAE, which, are, which is our home base. Men's does uh, far better. But here we focus a lot on women's and kids. Uh, we lead our stores through uh, women's and kids offering. So the first offering is always women's and kids and then, uh, and then men, uh, which is working really well for us. Uh, we are also... Compared to any other competition, we are more fast fashion um, and hence uh, our offering, like you mentioned, dresses, etc. are more on trend than anyone else. And that's uh, that's something that we are really uh, proud of. So how many SKUs were looking at? Oh, that's a difficult one to answer, but uh, but at, at at any given point of time, a store will have around 15 to 20,000 SKUs. Yeah, so it's definitely like Primark sort of uh, yes. equivalent. Yeah. And and, and uh, on the fast fashion side, so um, what is fast fashion for you? Because when we are looking like in the history of like fast fashion, we had like um, this kind of cycles where it was like season based, where I can have to, me as a retailer, I have to really select like this summer, what I have to want to sell like next summer and then go into like the procurement process. And then H&M and Zara kind of changed it into this kind of fast fashion. And now we, we are like getting into this ultra fast fashion yes. fashion on demand yes. kind of thing though it's, it's very hard like to grasp like what the uh, what the definition is here so what is it for you so we are uh, still a conventional fast fashion uh, where we are uh, uh, we are reducing our procurement cycles from uh, what classically you perfectly mentioned uh, buying this summer for next summer uh, we have we have now uh, moved very close to our seasons and we are um, we are working with four seasons and and sourcing for four seasons instead of two earlier uh, but ideally we would want to uh, move to a 45 to a 60 day cycle where we we launch every new product on demand every month so definitely not going to ultra fast fashion um, uh, zone but uh, faster fashion if that's a that's a word is it possible to um, produce uh, value uh, uh, value fashion in saudi or do we need to go to Jordan? no we uh -huh. do not produce anything locally here we we have we source from various countries the usual uh, usual uh, list of countries china india bangladesh vietnam so on and so forth so how many Turkey. stores do you have in uh, now you know as you said you are really like omni two omni channel players so how many stores do you have like is it Riyadh only, Riyadh, Jeddah, biggest city is the month. So for us, uh, uh, Western region, which is Jeddah and Makkah, are the biggest uh, contributors. They contribute to around 50% of our uh, uh, stores. But uh, of late, uh, Riyadh seems to be um, uh, the region that's becoming more vibrant and hence the focus uh, for us, focus area is Riyadh. But we are present in uh, in almost every city. So uh, we are present in about 32 uh, towns and cities. 
If if you were asked like a, a normal or standard like Saudi citizen about like the uh, brand awareness of RMB, would they all know a a the brand and what you're selling, what the brand position is? We are um, we are working towards becoming more. Uh, Uh, having better uh, top of the mind recall with customers but we are right now a bit low because we are the latest entrant in the market so if you were if you would uh, in fact we tend to do much better in top of the mind recall in in smaller cities uh, than in the bigger cities because there we uh, uh, we are really well represented and and strongly present so that's where we are moving from out to in Switching to the consumer side, as you said, you know, it's a value consumer and, and a comparison um, to, let's say, Primark. So I am a Primark customer. Everyone uh, is. Everyone is, right? And uh, But if you ask me, like, what do I buy from Primark? I buy my festival gear. I buy everything that I'm only going to wear once, something that I need to throw away. And, you know, and it's not a shame enough of saying that. It's because... But I would never buy my suit. My, I would never buy my dress. I need to go for the dinner. And it's not that they have the latest trend. It's just that the quality of the items, let's say, is just not something, you know, I don't know. I would go for dinner and I would, like, I don't know if something just dropped the coffee. I'm not sure if the dress would change color, right? Mm-hmm. So, we're, like, switching to R&B, are you targeting Saudi, like, let's say, value consumers that are looking for value? Or you're trying to say that, kind of really like a fast fashion, you know, customers that want to keep up with a trend and a bit like I bought loads of items, I wore it on a TikTok video and then, you know, I move on, you know, but that does not mean I'm a value customer overall. So what sort of customers are you targeting? So we are targeting more um, a customer that's uh, that's getting the first brush of a brand. Um, uh, like I said uh, right at the top that Saudi has a huge unorganized uh, retail market. Um, it's it's a bit of a stretch to say unorganized because they are organized in their own way and they're very successful but but they're not brands so 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 we we would be the first uh, brush we want to be the first experience that the customer uh, has of a of a fast fashion brand and from there our endeavor is to retain them forever for great value great styling great product or quality of it Nice. On the customer side, do you work with like a loyalty card system, or how do you inform your customer on new styles or new uh, new seasons? So we have a, a par- club apparel is our in-house loyalty program. Uh, it's been a cardless loyalty program for as long as you will remember. You can think of, and uh, and we get a huge customer recall through club apparel uh, database, and that's what we rely on to reach out to the customer. Apart from that, social media, uh, Snapchat is 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 huge in Saudi. That's the main um, main social media. So we we work through influencers and and um, and on Snapchat. Uh, I, I, maybe we come back to the influencer question, but uh, on the loyalty card one, just to clarify it. So if it's cardless, how yeah. do you identify the customer uh, during the checkout process? Um, uh, mobile phone. Okay, there's mobile kind of a QR phone, code that yeah. is scanned, and then no, and no, then, just you give the mobile phone, and their point of sale knows everything about you. Yeah. But but is it like an incentive to be part of it? Because uh, usually you have kind of a you get a special discount, yes. whatever. Yes, okay. so get, I can tell you, like as a consumer side, right? So apparel, you know, which R and B is part, is a is a very big, um, let's see, brand in the region. And uh, since I remember, and I live here for 10 years, this was the only loyalty app, probably, like the, the let's see, loyalty program that uh, actually does work. And they're very successful. And they, I even open their app before I even shop and go to the cashier, right? Mm-hmm. So I always check the app. 
Why? See, why? Why would you? Because do this? you know they will, for example, if one of their brands, you know, in a parallel, like Steve Madden, and then I am, I am a customer of that. So while I'm trying my shoes, I will always open see like what they have for loyalty customers, yeah. right? And it, it's so embedded in it that even the store executives will tell you to kind of check the app, you know, if they have any promotion. It's really, really does work well, you know, like everyone in the company really, really pushes and this whole club, club apparel and you're very incentivized. Uh, what do you think from 100 customers entering the store? How many have this app? So we we normally depends on various countries. Um, in in more advanced uh, uh, countries, we have um, uh, 70% uh, from loyalty. Um, uh, 70% of our transactions come from loyalty. Um, in Saudi, certainly that number is lower right now, but uh, but ideally we would like to keep it at about 80 to 85%. Impressive. No, no, their, their loyalty scheme is definitely uh, very good. When you look at like the online uh, the online market and which is like the growing market and like from a general perspective, most likely the fastest growing, are you more concerned about what other um, value fashion retailers are doing or are you concerned about like the new entrants from uh, from Asia? You yeah. stole my question. That's not, <laughs> not true. I was just about to ask the same. <laughs> so it's a bit of a double whammy. Uh, the, the entrants from Asia um, currently are driving the price and uh, and and speed of fashion matrix uh, uh, to a different level and that from a customer's point of view is a win um, whereas the brands in the region uh, on on digi on on online are more focused on discounting than uh, than um, than anything else which which is driving uh, uh, you know uh, profitability down for everyone so uh, so If you ask me, but if there's one thing that I want to would want to change is to uh, speak to all retailers and say uh, discounting is not taking us anywhere. So if you you will know, like we, we had their mentor, you know, from from Lyle's group, you know, on the podcast, and uh, it was Alex is one of the first GCC podcasts, and I said, so how is that 365 days discounts going? And Alex is like, do you have a sale 365 days? It's like. Yep, this is very unique to our market. Yes, uh, I think I think uh, discounting is really not doing any good to anyone. No, um, and and I it's think a, it's a race to the bottom. Yes, strategy. And I think I think all brands would be happier uh, uh, just snapping out of that process. But 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 let's let's try to elaborate on this brand perspective because one of the discussions that's now popping up with this kind of uh, Timu Shein versus Zara H and M thing is like. There's a couple of voices that's, that, that's going to say the the value of rent is decreasing because now it's not about the rent. It's all about like access to the customer, really having uh, actual styles and the new Barbie film is out now. So the retailer or the, or the platform wins who is able to bring fastest a new pink, I don't know, dress. shirt, dress, uh, shoes out of the market. And, and the customer's just wants to have this based on this kind of social media trend or influencer trend, whatever. And therefore, and it really doesn't matter if it, if it comes from Adidas, Zara, or, or whatever. It's the, the one who is like fastest wins. Uh, ergo, brands' value are decreasing. No, I would not agree with that. Uh, uh, the challenge is that are the brands treating themselves uh, seriously? Uh, so if... If a brand is is doing what they love, customer love them back for that. Um, 
Adidas, you mentioned uh, when Adidas used to launch Easy's, uh, I I was involved with that, and uh, we would sell that out in three minutes, um, five thousand pairs, three minutes, four minutes flat. So it's the same customer, but but when the brands don't value themselves and and then they want to fight a price battle with the customer always they are bringing down the value of the brand and 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 hence uh, then they are competing with a nameless faceless brand that offers uh, the cheapest quality product okay so so we can so you would not agree that um, brands are becoming less valuable, but the brands that are constantly involved in this discount game do do have like the danger of extension. Brands are making themselves less valuable, mm -hmm. and 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 you will see brands go out of business because uh, because they have discounted themselves to death. So what about Shane? Is it big in Saudi? Because it's pretty big in, in the UAE. It's massive it's in Saudi. I, that's what I hear uh, from industry. It's, it's massive in Saudi and, and, and growing. I think, I think that's the most exciting uh, thing to happen in Saudi market in last few years outside of R&B. Oh, great. And you mentioned like uh, influencers. <laughs> so do you see that they actually also started, like Shane started to use local influencers because they are doing that in the UAE. But how is it here? So yes, the Saudi influencer market is huge, and 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 a lot of brands are using uh, uh, local influencers. But uh, but I'm not sure. I won't be able to tell you with any degree of confidence if they're using a lot of uh, local influencers. But but uh, but they're very strong locally. That that I can definitely. So do. you worried about them that they're stealing your market share or your because you are omni-channel. It's actually a stronger value proposition. Obviously, everyone is working for the same share of wallet. And currently, a lot is happening in Saudi, um, which is putting uh, putting stress on a retailer share of that wallet. So uh, it's not just Shein or, or, or another brand in our segment, but it's just everything that's happening uh, in Saudi at, that, at this moment. Can we stick like, uh, I know we had, it's not Shein and Timo, it's not the main topic here, but like we... I'd like to have like uh, share with you like one statement which we made in uh, in the German market because we also have like Timo and Shein like really entering the market, and we try to describe it as the next phase of uh, retail where it's not just produced in China, it's not just marketed uh, um, out of China where like you have uh, Chinese uh, manufacturers selling on Amazon. Now it's the whole like value chain, even the consumer is controlled, and the the only value created uh, in the country in Saudi or in Germany is like the last mile and that cannot be of interest for for the market that you're losing everything so even the taxation is everything is gone so uh, i know it's like not it's, it's not the best for the consumer but from a so from an economical standpoint and an ecological standpoint it's obviously smart to not allow them to sell so like from a european union and and we are like in in like conversations with um with uh, with law lawmakers and the unit just to understand how this decision making process is so there's no value for society taxation wise uh, uh, uh for these platforms so Let's make it harder for them uh, to enter and 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 enter the market. Do you think this could be a viable strategy? No, I don't believe in uh, protectionism uh, because everyone makes the other person better. If if say it was not Shein, then we wouldn't be talking about ultra fa fast fashion today. Zara, which was aspirational as fast fashion. Uh, feels pressure from brands like uh, brands coming out of China and 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 bringing in new new design, new styles, literally every day. 
so i think it makes everyone better um it is challenge for us to learn uh and 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 put in the best practices and and then uh, go there i think i think there's there's lot of value to learn from everyone and and move ahead so you t- you mentioned a keyword learn uh what i hear from all the saudi clients that talent here is very scarce right you know we are growing faster than we can upskill our own people how are you finding it rmb you struggling with talent you know are you bringing it from uae tell me a country where talent is not scarce um i mm. let me say in the tech sector most people are coming from india so india might be a country where talent on the tech side is not as scarce so in, in india uh, if you if you hire someone in tech sa- side today give them an offer uh, i am told if you are uh, if you are a developer your, your offer letter will go up six and a half times wow like so you know you got an offer you know that and you have to you know it's a bidding war No, so I would take an offer from you go to her yeah. and say I have a I am yeah. looking I'm I'm looking to move out I have an offer from uh, this person 20% hike on this what will you give it it rotates in whether it goes but how, and how, how how does this kind of work that must be lead to in, in increasing rents and kind of a absolutely so that's what i meant but there's there's no place in on earth that has uh, uh scarce uh, uh, where talent is not scarce in fact talent is uh, talent is a uh, is a resource which is very unique because the uh, every country uh, fights with uh, unemployment rate and yet we pay consultants um, a certain percent of wage to get um, uh, get uh, uh, the right talent so if talent uh, if there's unemployment that talent must be abundant and why are we paying someone for to secure an, ab- un- an abundant resource so long story short the 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 real challenge is in how you train and equip people um you have to have um your own talent development centers in fact in in countries where talent is scarce i my, our experience has been that training and development go a long way in in employee lo- loyalty and retention because people value um what you did to them when they were when they were really not trained and 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 then it's it's it goes in a circle i mean you train people that help someone else someone helps uh, else trains people that helps you yeah but and that's interesting about uh, unique about saudi is that we're kind of just starting right like you know yes. most of, like you are rmb could be the first job they have yes. ever right and it's like the majority of especially now like females yes. back in like in business so uh, it's uh it's definitely it's even harder you know to find i guess those trainers right because uh, to train others everything yeah. uh and and saudi is a country where uh, you are people are doing a lot of things for the first time ever yeah. uh right so w- working for the first time driving for the first time um uh, having a coffee coffee in a non segregated cafe for the first time so it's a very very exciting place to uh, be in The, like i said uh, right at the top we, the, there's a lot of young population and when you have a lot of young population it becomes far more easier to source talent and develop and nurture people so i'm not i'm not as worried as uh, as many other people are uh yes if you're if you if you're if you want to run and operate saudi from a remote remote control sitting somewhere else then it's a it's a challenging business to run but if you're connected to the country and to the ground 
then it's a very easy business to run. Okay, when we see very young people and consumers here in Saudi, um, it, it's pretty clear that they spend a lot of time on TikTok, Snapchat, and only yes. other social met- networks. Uh, meaning there's a big leverage for influencers or micro-influencers. Is this a strategy you're following, you're using this somehow? Micro-influencers work very well in Saudi uh, there because uh, because there are so many cities and towns and villages where we are present and you have, you have micro-influencers with uh, less than 10,000 followers and we have engaged them at, at very, very low cost, sometimes just pro bono. And and the impact that they have on business of of a particular uh, location is immediate and measurable. So uh, so that's that's something that works really well on a on a transactional business basis. Obviously, it doesn't work that well for brand building point of view. So we follow a two pronged strategy for brand building. We go to a to more uh, established um, uh, influencers and for transactional business purposes we went we go to uh, uh, micro influencers which works fantastically well and is it scalable somehow are you working with like 100 or are you working with 100,000 uh we are working with thousands thousands okay yeah. and that's like a constant part of the marketing strategy that's the largest part of my marketing strategy at least so you would spend more money on influencers than on google almost Oh, okay. That's and and outdoors. So we uh, we are we are spending significant part of our uh, marketing budget on on uh, on social. Is in your in your um in your business model? Do you have an issue with returns? Because that's usually if you ask European fashion businesses, it's you know because of the European like uh, um, uh, distance uh, tr- uh, trade um, laws, you can send anything back like uh, for free, more or less. Leads to like um, shopping behavior where people buy like five trousers, keep one, that's two me. jackets, keep yeah, but it's okay. It's like so they have to obviously um they have to obviously like uh, build a strategy where like they calculate uh in that like 90% of the boxes comes back half empty is it also an issue here or do they keep it so returns is a big issue here both offline and online uh, offline too offline too um, uh, in all my years of retailing uh, the highest percentage of returns offline is is uh, is some especially in uh, apparel in fashion uh is has been in this region but how is how is this because working? because culturally uh tr- um try so just to give you the context there were no trial rooms in stores um until mm-hmm. about uh, five years ago so culturally a trial is not part of uh, a, a, a customer's journey still so they tend to pick up a lot of people uh, tend to pick up um, what they think is their size and then if it doesn't fit they return so it's it's just it's just the cultural <laughs> context and then driven by like the influencers where they all say you need to be skinny take an m take an s yes <laughs> whereas it yes. was not appropriate okay that's new that's that's an interesting fun fact about saudi <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, when you're thinking about like growing the, st- the strategy as like the online uh, or growing the business as the online channel uh, channel is like is like growing, would you rather prefer like growing like your um, offline footprint or would you rather go into like an aggressive online strategy? Because you could be online only too, right? You could have like a warehouse and like push all the apparel like online only. We would we would love to have a, a we have uh, online strategy that's large enough. To uh, to be grown independently, um, th- and that's always been our focus at Apparel Group. We uh, we we 
focus a lot on our uh, online strategy uh, in general for all brands and all businesses. Uh, but currently, uh, we are more focused on growing the offline uh, uh, footprint and then and then use that as a leverage to grow online. Yeah. Um, one thing on the um, on the store um, store digitization side, um, there was like a big discussion like five ten years ago with. Um, do, doing everything digital in store, magic mirrors, uh, um, shelf, uh, shelf iPads, things where you could see. Okay, we don't have just these three colors; we'd have ten more colors. Is this something that's working for you? Have you tried it out? Well, I, I, I look everything gimmicky with a lot of uh, suspicion and uh, skepticism. Um, like I said in in my panel also uh, the other day that I be we focus more on tech to make the back end uh, smooth um because uh, because finally the the moment of truth comes when the customer likes the product and the size is available and and that's uh, our our biggest challenge and that's the one that we uh, we want to um, conquer uh, also being able to predict uh, fashion trends is more important uh, yeah we would love to do a technology demonstrator here or there but um, but it's not something that is very quantifiable and we haven't yet come across a tech that is very quantifiable and scalable on any one of these uh, parameters that you mentioned like a magic mirror or a, or a, or, a, or a iPad or everything because you we generally you know customers journey is is you have to make it uh, frictionless um and 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 non intrusive and the less a customer doesn't really want to be disturbed too much when they're when they're in in the mood to shop and and so we want to let them shop peacefully but in few who knows in future when these these technologies become more scalable we would uh, revisit them again leading me to my last question for uh, the podcast um if you could choose like to solve one bottleneck in the business like finding new uh, retail space uh, hiring uh, hiring people for the stores doing something online add a new production capability new colors brands what what is it what what do you help grow even faster speed to market so uh, from factory to floor uh to be able to reduce uh, that that means far better forecasting far more accurate forecasting and uh, and uh, reduce the speed increase the speed to market so um, that's that's the biggest challenge obviously lena mentioned talent uh, talent is a huge huge bottleneck um but it's not a specific saudi issue um it, it's an issue everywhere if you found ta a talent that that could take you forward we could have 10 rnbs uh, made but uh, those are the two uh, biggest challenges for us any closing questions from your side lena no i think you know it's a very interesting conversation and uh, i'm really looking forward to the new website that you guys are building and hopefully launching soon right i'm i'm looking forward to that as well and and i and i hope uh, we will review it together absolutely Anshuman, thank you for being here. Thank you.